guys, welcome back to For Your Reference. We're starting off with your phrase, oh mine, and wouldn't you know it, I've got the proverb. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, you should probably do it for this episode, I will bring this South African proverb to life. All right. Are you what ready, is it? Yep. Knowledge is like a lion. It cannot be gently embraced. Uh wow. Okay. Um does it mean that just like a lion for you to be able to tame it you have to go all for it like really just put your nose into it and get the nitty gritties done. Would I be wrong in saying maybe this is a cheat because you might have experience? <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, sir. Uh so you get to choose next week's episode. Now let's get on to the show. Jumbo, friends and lovers, welcome to another week of For Your Reference. You got your host, KT. And OT. And this week, we are diving into the 2019 version of Lion King. Yep. It's another remake for (laughs) the rest of your days. You're welcome. Straight off the cuff, guys. We did not get paid for this. Uh, John Favreau, we will get into our feelings, but I feel like he did quite well. Uh, You've got a lot of the Jagannauts that have come back um, for this 2019 production, namely Tim Rice, Elton John as the songwriters, and also Hans Zimmer, who's iconic in his own aspect as well. Yeah. Uh, According to the budget, it's not on IMDb, so just off a really dodgy Google search, it's telling me, do you want to guess? I reckon north of a well, way past a hundred million, though. Well, that means you're right in any sense. <laughs> Two hundred and sixty million United States dollars. Yikes! Right, uh, and on IMDb, it's been uh, just over a couple of weeks now that mm. it's debuted. Uh, it has brought in five hundred forty-three point six million. Sorry, what? Wow. They've made a healthy profit out of that. Yeah, and and just to specify, because this is Disney and they might remake it again, we are talking (laughs) about the July 2019 (laughs) version of The Lion King. Welcome. Uh, If it's your first time listening to For Your Reference, we would love to have you back after this episode. Um, This is a family-friendly movie. We aren't, but we do love our daddies. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, Obviously, there will be spoilers, but, you know, I really don't feel like that's necessary for this particular episode. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, As long as you've watched the original Lion King, original, I've used it loosely, but, you know, um, you should be fine. And we also want to preface that we are learned people, so we are aware that Kimba the Lion exists and it relied heavily, um, you know, Disney relied heavily on that, whether they want to admit it or not. I think we're supposed to say alleged so we don't get in trouble. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully Disney doesn't come out of his cryogenic chamber to come and fight us. Uh, but, yes, so allegedly. So we're aware of that, um, but we're not going to get anywhere in this episode if we continue to draw comparisons between that. We might try and have some inklings about about the 1994 version, but yeah, we're we're aware of it, but we're just going to have to keep it moving, right? So those are the stats. Uh, let's get into first impressions. OT. Oh, wow. I really enjoyed it. Well, the opening scene alone just set the tone. Okay, for some reason, I expected... David Attenborough to just start <laughs> narrating. Like a little mole out of a hole. Just, like just oh, wow. in the savannah. Exactly. It, it felt so uncannily um, animal planety kind of thing. And and that's credit to the CG, but let's go. It, it really is credit to the Let's CG. dial it back a couple of decades. Sorry. Let's dial it back a couple of decades and talk about your first impressions about the 1994 version, uh, particularly because you did grow up and you are Kenyan. Um, w- did that enhance the experience about Lion King? 
Oh, for sure. It did. That was the first movie I saw that had Swahili words in it. Like, super box office. Nice. And you have Simba, you know, even going beyond the names and having Hakuna Matata and singing it, it was just breathtaking. And I thought, wow, is this something that's out there that people talk about Swahili and, you know, Okay, let's let's put it on the record. Is that actually how you pronounce it, Hakuna Matata, or is that the more uh, easily pronounced Western version? Uh, I don't know why it's not Matara. It's it's, it's Matata. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring those T's, uh, you know, <laughs> Matata. But yeah, it's it's don't touch my tatas. <laughs> it's really just amazing. It was breathtaking. It got me excited. Um, it pretty much brought me to the trajectory I am now as a tech person because it got me interested in animation, got me interested Aww. in technology. I was I was enthralled by it and I wanted to learn more of what the hell is that and how can I get to do that? Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, it really did set a trend for me and it, it was just amazing. And you know what? If you just came here to listen to facts and a play-by-play of the movie, you're in the wrong podcast because sometimes we come from our frame of reference, if you're part of the reference, and, you know, sometimes you'll hear little anecdotes or, you know, what it meant to us. And if you are interested, uh, Black Panther, we do talk a lot about, um, you know, the first inklings of a black hero. Mm. that you've seen in media as well. So if you guys are interested in that, um, you can do so. I think Get Out also had a lot of themes about racism, um, even some stories about my fat aunties, but we're not going to get into that <laughs> <laughs> today. Is there anything else you want to add about Lion King? Um, no, it's just um, the original one was amazing and I don't know any anyone would want to add anything to it. Yeah. And we'll we'll get into that in the comparisons. Uh, But let's dive into my first impressions. Uh, Without giving you a specific pinpoint of how old I am, I just want to point out that when Lion King came out in 1994, I was not at an age to go and watch it in the movies. Um, Lion King was so impressionable to me, uh, but I actually consumed it through the VCR, which are tapes, uh, younger children, if you're younger than us and you don't know what cassette tapes or what, uh, no, they'll know what Blu-rays are, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it got to the point where me and my siblings would watch Lion King so much that you would have to, it would get static. You know, when you watch things too much and it starts to get static because you keep rewinding it and watching it over and over Mm. again. That's kind of how it was for me. Um, I didn't find the CG jarring, but we'll we'll come to the 2019 version. But I just love animals. So just to immerse myself in that world, it was quite nice. Uh, Mulan is actually my favourite Disney movie, but Lion King is definitely a close second. Would you say Lion King is your most favourite? Yeah, there's nothing that comes close to it. Not even Mulan. Oh, I'll make a man out of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, it meant a lot to us uh, growing up. And just to capture off the first impressions and we'll transition into the 2019 version, I don't see what kids would get out of this. Um, You know, we have lived for a couple, maybe a few decades. So we've seen the transitioning of really manual um, sort of technology into more streamlined digital technology, right? Just in the case of like CG. Right, Mm. the way it changed from like 2D animation and where it is now. I don't see what a five or six year old kid would enjoy out of seeing how realistic the animals are. I think it's more, um, you know, a nod that us as adults would have that we've come so far technologically, right? But as a kid, if they were to go and watch the 2019 movie without context of the 1994 movie, I really don't see what they would get out of it because it just looks like scary animals like there was some you know when you had scar and the hyenas it just looks scary like i don't understand what um i don't know i feel like we're in a wave now where there are kids movies that are being made but they're essentially for us Mm. to have those nostalgic sort of feels but let's let's dive into it let's let's talk about the cg first about 2019 oh it's it's quite breathtaking you know um like I said, the starting scene 
it's pretty much shot by shot from the 1994 version, mm-hmm. which is breathtaking. You feel this immense nostalgic feeling, mm-hmm. which also because I think this would come later in our qualms section, but... If you guys didn't know, <laughs> the Foyer Reference Household Foundation is built upon qualms. But yeah, it was, it was really good. It was really well animated. Um, you could tell that a lot of effort went into doing that. Yeah. And kudos to the voice actors. They really, really did an amazing job in this. I do agree. And uh, we actually didn't go through the cast, but as we as we go through each character, we'll do that. Um, but I thought the CG was quite outstanding. I think also because there weren't any humans in it, it didn't become jarring because the Jungle Book was a bit dodge. Yeah, I'm not a fan of We love of you, John Favreau, and you've definitely improved. That that's a nice example of improving <laughs> <laughs> of where you've where you've been and where you are now. Um, but I, I really liked the CG. I really appreciated it. I I liked how real that it looked. There there were some like images circulating. Someone actually uh, re-illustrated the CG to make it look more like the cartoon. But I'm just like, at this point, why? You know? in this generation of petitions for Game of Thrones, just let it be. Um, And I guess as we continue to talk about this film, I just want to preface something because, you know, at For Your Reference, it's more about a discussion, you know, and a tantalising tiff between uh, OT and KT, right? But we try not to talk about reviews a lot, but, you know, there's been quite a, a, a thunderstorm on Twitter, Mm. Right, and people are like, "This is not my Lion King, and my Lion King is from 1994." I don't know why they all sound cockney, but <laughs> that's what—that's how they are in my imagination. But it's also like, if you're going to pay money, which will obviously go to Disney, and you're purposely going in there just to not like it, then why bother, right? Go and see the film and then if you don't like it, that's fine. But from a lot of from a lot of critic reviews and also just the general sort of Twitterverse, it seemed like people didn't even want to give it a chance. I, you know, leading up to this, I was even saying to OT when we were looking at our schedule, I'm like, you know, I, I'm not sure if I even want to do Lion King. Like, let's just wait until we can watch it in a streaming service. And you're like, no, let's do it. Let's go and see it for ourselves, mm. right? And I went and saw it and I got really emotional. I felt it. And we, we'll talk about, um, you know, the touching moments that we experience through the film. I think all I'm saying is if you get your finger out of your ass and you be open to the experience, you might actually enjoy it is all I'm saying. Yeah, you would enjoy it because you'd have the 1994 version to reference to. And I think that's the whole experience for it because take it out of context and it just looks like, you know, and this is something that I would agree with the complaints that are out there. Uh-oh, we're going to fight. <laughs> no, because it's it's kind of hard to portray emotions when it comes to such realistic looking animals. Mm-hmm. And us as humans would like to kind of connect to these creatures and see how they'd react in certain scenarios. So yeah. you have Mufasa dying and Simba being sad. And that was one of the most saddest scenes that I've experienced in the 1994 version. And it was, I think back then I cried. Mm-hmm. But in this version, I was like, mm, it didn't really hit home for me. But I, I did. And yes, they are animals. And, you know, as humans, we have a tendency to project human uh, sort of behaviours on animals, which doesn't make sense, but we do it because we're fallible creatures, right? Mm. And I felt the the uh, sort of human relatability that you lose in the animals is gained and is achieved through the soundtrack, which we will get to. The only other thing I want to pinpoint as a general sort of note is the 1994 version was exemplary. As a narrative, you didn't really need to improve on it. What could be improved, arguably or not, was the animation. Mm. The way that I see it, you know, growing up our sort of generation, you'd be lucky if you have a few photographs of yourself as a child. <laughs> if, if anything, you might not even have any, especially if it gets damaged in a flood or a fire, 
right? <laughs> but if you had the technology available today, would you not want that, you know, that clear definition and the volume of memories that you can capture? And that's how I see the 2019 version. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. Like, I understand. I'm, I don't have any problems with Disney trying to recreate the old animations to real life because technology allows for it. Mm-hmm. So go for it. Like, it's it's exciting to see what they could do. And it's quite intriguing to actually watch, regardless of whether or not you're disappointed that it didn't portray the emotions or it didn't have the scores or the soundtrack that you, well, in the original version, mm-hmm. all those I feel like are just people trying to be really picky about stuff that shouldn't really be about it because this is yeah. just a marvel to watch in itself. Trademark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's also you are entitled to your own opinion. So if you did feel like it's overplayed and it's been done before and we've seen it, then don't buy tickets to go and see it unless you're an actual critic and it's your job. Don't buy tickets that contribute to the impression that let's continue making these movies because we are going to, you know, we just heard the stats over close to um, 600 million probably now. Yeah, a whole lot, right? lot of people went to watch exactly. it. Exactly, but there's, there's like just as many complaints about it. And if you if you want this cycle to stop, maybe you are just one person. But if you do want to make a ripple effect as one person, then go and support your local filmmakers. Yeah. Go and see some art house films. Go and support some independent productions. And if you don't want to go and watch independent productions and you're going to continue to buy tickets to go and see Lion King, then you can shove it up your ass. Done. Okay? (laughs) I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of these people. And I'm one of those people. I went and bought a ticket. I wasn't really sure what to do with Lion King. But we're also picky because we chose not to go and watch Aladdin. Mm. Come and fight us, uh, Jasmine and Aladdin and Babu. Is it Babu? The little yeah. monkey. Come and, come and fight us. But we actually choose which remakes we want to go watch. We're not just blindly, begrudgingly <sighs> going to the cinema and just watching it because it's there and then regurgitating what everyone else is saying. Yeah, for sure. But then again, everyone has a right to their own opinion. And for me, I'm not influenced by whatever people say online. I'd really like to experience it myself. And for me, the... 2019 version wasn't bad. It wasn't as good as the 1994 version, but nothing could be. And it's just, I was there to just see how the technology worked and how cool it looked and seeing lions fight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, and there were quite a few scenes of that as well. But let's, let's, so we talked about CG. Let's talk about the soundtrack and the score because they all culminate together. Yeah, I... It was good. I think I've seen people a bit standoffish because of like the prepared song wasn't the same as mm-hmm. it used to be or saying afternoon, can we, you know, how does it go again? Can you feel the love at 12 p.m.? <laughs> <laughs> like you're just speaking stuff out of the air right now. Like, ever, ever heard of a nooner? <laughs> Everyone loves a good afternoon delight. So you had a problem that, it was daytime when they were playing that song. Did you have an issue with that? No. What I had qualms with uh, in the Can You Feel the Love Tonight, um, you know, OT is our behind-the-scenes technical editor, um, you know, handling all the mics. I don't even know what the words are, right? And he bought himself a nice little toy (laughs) that we can both both enjoy for the podcast, some sort of soundboard-looking thing. But from what I understand, OT, is you can actually isolate our mics and make the volume change and that sort of thing, right? Mm. So coming back to 2019 Lion King, during Can You Feel the Love at 12 p.m., it kind of felt like shade but no shade that Beyonce's levels were just a tidge bit higher than Donald (laughs) Glover's voice. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not coming for the queen because I know the hive is quite strong. No, no, no. no. Now that he say that, I don't think, and I love Donald Glover, it's just that he didn't sing it as well as it could have been sung. And you know, that's more down to him not being appropriate to sing that song rather than not being talented or I anything. I think it just, I, I think it really depends more on the type of artist. Because I do agree with you that he's not the strongest uh, musically, 
he, it's more about his message. He's kind of like Khalid. He's not really like a, stu- uh, a stadium concert sort of person. We know, we know Childish Gambino was at uh, Coachella, but also we watched that performance. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm disarmed. Don't come for me. Don't come for me. But anyway, uh, there were moments in the film where I felt like, you know, the they didn't rebrand it enough to call it Beyonce King because there were some moments where it felt like she was more important than the overall production. That's all I'm saying. Oh, really? Like just, like I said, can you feel the love at 12 p.m.? Uh, and also <laughs> Spirit as well. I enjoyed Spirit in its in the soundtrack. I've listened to the whole thing on YouTube. It as if you wouldn't skip it. As if you wouldn't skip it. If you heard all the other songs... Oh, it would definitely be a, a skip on a soundtrack if I bought the CD or something. But I'm saying in Lion King, the way it was overlaid when Simba was running and it was like, Spirit! Spirit! <laughs> I really did that injustice, but it was... <laughs> <laughs> I was your backup. It was, kind of, it was kind of moving. It was moving to me. But if you listen to the whole song, it's like, it doesn't really make any sense. It just feels all repetitive and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just kind of felt like she was on SNL and it was so obvious that it was her. That's all. Yeah, it was really, really, it was it was really Beyonce. I, I, I do appreciate it because she's got that majesty about her, you know, and the way that Nala moved was, um, you know, embodied into her. Yeah, yeah. Her whole and, being. And you could which tell. Which is fine and that's great and I appreciate that. Yeah, and I think you made a really funny comment when we were watching it. All the time. And Nala Nala was riling all the other lionesses and you said, Come on, girls, let's get into formation. You know? Well, I said like, it I said it way more sassier and way more in rhythm than that. But yes. <laughs> I did I did say that. But but yeah, it, it, you could tell it was Beyonce. My, my my qualms are not for the Queen, so please don't come for me. It's more I appreciate the narratives and I don't like when the stars or the guests are more important than that. And there were some moments in the film where I felt like it was. Mm. But that's enough about her. Let's talk about the original soundtrack i told you in the opening scene i felt an overwhelming sense of emotion Mm. because yes it was a play-by-play but also at the same time the the richness and the orchestral instruments that you heard really built to the rising and the coronation of simba Mm. being introduced to the rest of pride rock And I think that's where we differ in regards to how we view things because when it comes to the score, when it comes to the soundtrack, I really lean on that quite hard when I'm viewing something. You know, even when we're watching like a horror movie, when I start to hear the tension build, I'm like, babe, someone's about to die. And you're like, what? And I'm like, no, someone's about to die. Can you hear the ring, ring, ring? Yeah. Well, you know, this, and this is the issue. When you're making things so realistic, it's kind of hard to show that. And then it, like I told you, the first movie I ever cried on was watching Bambi, Ma, Bambi's mother die. Mm. And I could just, Spoiler. I could, come on now. If you're in you 20, ruined two childhoods now. <laughs> if you're in 2019 and you've not watched Bambi, just, just stop listening to For Your Reference, don't, please. Don't age shame people. Maybe they just weren't born at the time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, if they remake that, I would pretty much bet everything. Not everything, but I would bet... We don't don't have much anyway, so yes, everything. I would hazard that it wouldn't be as emotional as the animation was uh, for the original one. Like, it's just so hard. Yeah, but you're also not baby OT now. I am not. You've got 20 OT babies, but you're not baby OT anymore. But then again, things make me cry all the time anyway, so nothing has changed that much. You don't need to tell people what we do, okay? <laughs> you don't need to tell them about the pain and the anguish I inflict on you, okay? <laughs> this is some level, next level Paul Giamatti shit going on here. <laughs> he calls me mommy. <laughs> but I, and I also, when Mufasa, when Scar let go of Mufasa, I actually cried as well. Mm. Because it's one of those things where In you In this latest to, version. Yes, because I was listening to the music, you need to let it build up within you, mm. right? For the spirit to take you over. Mm. Otherwise, if, if you're not like paying attention to it and you're just, you know, 
writing down in your little citations everything that's wrong, then you're not going to get no. you're not going to get into the movie. Yeah, probably not. But I I didn't find it. I didn't hate it as much as people hated it. It was a right movie. I enjoyed the action scenes in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really well done. And yeah, it's Lion King. What's not to like? Right. So let's get into the cast and also the characters. Who else to start off with aside from the OG, James L. Jones, reprising his role of Mufasa? Oh, he's amazing, isn't he? What a voice. What a voice. I think the first first thing I ever saw him in was in Coming to America, um, playing... The father. The father, yeah. And he also uh, voiced Darth Vader as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Sorry, because we said the father, so (laughs) just reference. Uh, Yeah, because he plays the dad and then uh, the the mother and the father pretty much play the same in Coming to America and also Lion King. Very nice. Yeah, Yeah. amazing. Uh, But it's it's so iconic and it did, if they had to have continuity, aside from the fact that they brought Hans Zimmer back, hey girl, hey, we we see you, we appreciate you, Um, because, wow, that soundtrack really took us places. Well, it took me places. I think mm. you, you, you're still in the cinema. I was drifted off in a world of fantasy. <laughs> um, but having James Earl Jones as Mustafa was the essential anchor that you needed, right? You know, when, um, you know, traditional people get married and it's like something old, something borrowed, something blue or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Yes. The something awesome, I'm not going to say something old, uh, James Earl Jones. If they had, if they had to have a anchoring for this film, um, it was great to have him back. It was really good to have him back. And he he really gave you those vibes of, ooh, I fucked up as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> if he's telling you off, then you know you're in trouble. And and you know, his his voice is so um so welcoming. And one of the scenes where Simba is struggling to find who he is and he's chasing Rafiki into the yeah. marshlands and he Sorry. looks up and there's this cloud and Mufasa is speaking. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's so emotional because Simba's reaching out and he's struggling. Yeah. And then well, in this latest version, the cloud didn't change into the shape of, oh, I missed it. I completely missed it. It didn't shape or form <laughs> into Mufasa's face or anything. It, it, it was just like really, really looking like a really hazardous weather going oh, on. Wow. <laughs> it was like the editor just went for lunch. <laughs> the editor went for lunch. Just, <laughs> there's, there's a storm coming. I think it was more abstract. Like even when they had, uh, I don't know what the actual title is, but I just can't wait to be king, that mm. song. Um, you know, in the original series, they had the ostriches like showing their asses and their fans, like their little feathers yeah. is like, you know, colourful sort of fans. And then you had, you know, the giraffes sprawling out as well. So like Simba can like come and slide down. Yeah. You wouldn't that would look ridiculous. So would they, it like So hang on. So so they 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 nodded to it and instead of the giraffes doing that, they were actually at the watering hole. Mm. So they were drinking at the water and then they all one by one pulled up. And I appreciated that because yeah, if it, you're gonna take it all the way. You've gotta make it a bit more realistic, I get it. But Hello, didn't you didn't you you would know have the most reference for these sorts of animals living their best lives. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you happy that they weren't doing a song and dance? I am. And, <laughs> well, we've all played the game where we look at clouds and tell shapes it looks like whatever, whatever. Yeah. We've all done that. It's clouds. You can pretty much form into anything. But it, they didn't do that. It was just all thick and cloudy and looked like some serious cumulus nimbus going out in there. And then the lightning, it was just too distracting. It was feeling very dangerous. Okay, Poseidon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's those little moments in the movies that, you know. Anyway, that's just a minor thing. Man, when when you said you were a tech guy, I didn't realise you were also talking about physical clouds. I thought it was just the digital cloud <laughs> that you're an expert on. That's some, that's some IT techie banter. And uh-huh. if you don't like it, well, um, that's kind of us. You need to embrace it. <laughs> just Alt F4. There you go. There's some more geeky banter. But, yes, James Earl Jones as Mufasa was quite good. Um, I also just want to mention, because we talk about 1994 Lion King and we also talk about Kimba the Lion, but can we also talk about Hamlet? Because there are many themes that are drawn from Hamlet that also appear in The Lion King, specifically his dad talking to him from a dream and from a vision. 
Yeah. Not really the Oedipus complex that Hamlet has. <laughs> aside from the fact that they all fuck one male lion, but that's that's its own thing. We're not going to get into is that this the, today. Uh, is this, um, does Hamlet have a movie that's like five hours long with your guy that you like? Um, Kenneth Branagh. And Kenneth he's Branagh. the guy that everyone likes. <laughs> he's the guy your guy will never be able to act. As. All right, man. We read Hamlet ages ago, but watching it is just a completely different thing. It's, wow, it um, wasn't just, for me. Just while we're digressing for a second, uh, listen to our episode of Afterlife uh, from Ricky Gervais that's on Netflix because there's a little bit in there um, in Afterlife where Ricky Gervais is going off about Kenneth Branagh looking like a nondescript man. Like there's no <laughs> – he's so plain looking. There's no way you would be able to distinguishably identify Kenneth Branner. Um, first of all, I want to apologize to Kenneth Branner, even though we had nothing to do with it. And you are exemplary, and I would love to see you in more films. That's all. Um, but let's continue because we've just covered uh, Mufasa now. Let's cover the young Simba, J.D. McCrary. Oh, he can sing. Yeah, and he, he had all of the mannerisms that you would want. He did. He really did. And you watch interviews and he's exactly like that. Mm. Yeah. We don't have kids, so I don't know if I would want to be around that energy 24-7, but it was nice to experience it in the film. Yeah, and you could see um, in the behind the scenes, you could see Favreau giving him direction and him just taking it on like oh, totally. some seasoned pro. Super professional. Wow. Kudos to you. Just amazing. And then we also have Shahadi Wright-Joseph, who's our girl from Us. Oh, yeah. Playing young Nala. She's going to have a bright future. She already has a bright future. Yeah. We also have an Us episode, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but she did that quite well. And she also took direction mm. quite well from John as well. Yeah. And that was quite nice. Uh, we might as mm, yeah, let's, let's go to the adults. Uh, adult Simba is voiced by Donald Glover. Mm. Chance the Rapper also auditioned for the role. Ooh. Yes, uh, but he did He did have a smaller role in the film, so he didn't lose completely. Uh, and apparently Disney didn't purposely didn't re-invite because there's a trivia um, about Jeremy Irons wanting to come back to reprise his role as Scar. Um, oh, he wanted to come back. Yes, and, uh, and then I was reading further into the trivia and it was actually saying that um, him as well as Matthew Broderick and whoever voiced Nala, they weren't invited back because they only wanted to re-invite the black character the black actors the voice cast what's wrong with that i don't know that sounds a bit weird i think it's great it's dude are you not from africa like wouldn't you want that i'm from africa but then again you have jamie oliver playing himself (laughs) as a dodo (laughs) and we'll come to that in a second um but t'challa's dad voices rafiki Mm. oh nothing sorry t'challa (laughs) <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but let, let's talk about Donald Glover. You've already mentioned how you felt like he wasn't up to snuff uh, singing-wise, which, again, fight OT, don't come and fight me. But how about his just general voice performance? It was okay, but then again, he, I don't know, maybe I'm just used to hearing him in um, Atlanta. <laughs> I just expected Pippa Boy to appear out of nowhere in that movie. <laughs> But um, he did all right. Uh, aside from his dodgy singing, he did he did. Fine. Oh come on! It wasn't dodgy. It just wasn't the Disney that you knew. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, true. What did you think about his acting? I think it was great. I think he had um, exactly the right sensibilities because Donald Glover has a very youthful voice, right? Mm. He has a whole lady. I don't know if you're married, but he also has a whole child. Like he's he's living a, a grown-up life, but he still has that naivety in his voice. Yeah. In a good way. Right? He doesn't like his voice doesn't sound like he's jaded by the world. Mm. Right? And he's such a creative mind. So you know he's not going to be standing outside of Disney Studios offering to sign people's autographs. Like he's got projects on the go. Please be Atlanta. Please come back with another season. But it, it was nice to have that. And if he couldn't be Spider-Man, then uh, young uh, adult Simba is a good way to go, right? At least he gets his reparations somewhere. Our poor <laughs> Idris Elba got blindsided 
Here I was in our um, Spider-Verse episode, which was just a couple of weeks ago, saying that I would campaign for him to become James Bond. They just really didn't want him. (laughs) (laughs) They just really didn't want him. (laughs) We'll go stepfather and just make Bond a lady. (laughs) 0069, yeah, I know. Wow. Wow, right? Wow. Um, We've already talked about Beyonce. Uh, Do you want to say much about her? Much more about her, rather? No, well... I liked her voice acting. I think she brought Nala's... But she's got a very distinctive voice as well. So it's it's nice. She's, she's got a good voice. Yeah, she is. Um, And I think she did well. Her singing is great. It's Beyonce. Um, but yeah, she, she did well. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know what's funny? I actually had to scroll up and down the list because, well, not even James Earl Jones, but not even uh, Donald Glover or J.D. McCrary, they're not even top bill. Do you want to guess who's top bill according to IMDb in The Lion King? Um, Beyonce? No, right? <laughs> no. Who's top billed? Chiwetel. Oh, Chiwetel has been heaps of stuff, so yeah, yeah makes but sense. I, I don't know. For some reason I thought that he, because if you think about the duration of the film as well. Mm. Anyway, so let's talk about it. Uh, do you want to hazard into pronouncing his last name? Uh, edgy four. So copy and paste, Chiwetel, copy and paste. Uh, And he voices Scar. So we already mentioned that Jeremy Irons didn't reprise his role at request of Disney, according to IMDb, so don't come and fight us. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about Scar. Um, You can also talk about, you know, the 1994 version if you want. Um, But how did did you feel? What did you feel about Chiwetel? So um, his acting was all right. I didn't find any fault with him being Scar. Oh, sorry. Wait. Uh, no, I think I think that was our dog. No, you um, said... Um, I didn't find any fault with him being Scar. You said he was all right. I think that's what the boo was for. Yeah, he was fine. Like, what more could you do with Scar? Scar as a character is just stupid. Wow. He had multiple opportunities to kill Simba. But no, let's trust some skimpy-looking hyenas to do the job. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense. I think it's more of a power thing, right? Like, I'm too good to kill you. I'm going to get my, you know, subordinates to do it for you. No, in the jungle, if a lion, if, if a lion, uh, the, the leader of the pride dies, mm-hmm. the next in line kills all the cubs. And, and that's why Disney hasn't hired OT. <laughs> I'm just saying. They made Scar really stupid to trust hyenas to do a job that he could have done. it. He had multiple opportunities to kill Simba. And it would have been game over. He would have ruled Pride Rock for ever. Would I be wrong in guessing you did like an essay for this in school? <laughs> <laughs> you want to guess my twist at the end? It was all a dream? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Salt and pepper in the limousine? Yeah. Uh, but how did you, thanks for not answering the question, how did you actually feel, feel about Chiwetel? Or is all right your answer? Yeah, like boo, wh- another boo. What exactly do you want Chiwetel to do in this role as Scar? Well, first off, uh, I do love Chiwetel, and we do stand a Chiwetel in the four-year reference household. I don't think I realized how much dimension he has in his voice, mm-hmm. because unlike my honey daddy Mahershala Ali, like ooh, smooth like honey, right? And you can you can hear that voice coming from a mile away. I don't think I realized that Chiwetel had so much range. Mm. I just appreciated the multiple dimensions that Chiwetel had to his voice. What I would have appreciated, though, because um, people keep talking about the CG, especially of Scar, because he was so iconic looking in 1994, right? I was more wanting to, not that they did flash forward and flashbacking, but we watched uh, The Eyes Among Us. What, what was it called? The Lies Behind Your Eyes or something? Yeah, The yeah. Eyes Behind the Lies. Something anyway, like it has Nicole Kidman in it as well. And in Chiwetel, every time they would flash back and flash forward, when it was in the future, he would have like one strip of white. <laughs> <laughs> one strip of white in his hair. So I was hoping when Scar got older, he would have like one strip of white in his mane <laughs> as well. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'm nitpicking uh, at this particular time. I do just want to mention something just between um, – OT and myself. Do you remember how we went to Ethiopia and we went to a particular zoo? Yep. 
it was very sad. And, you know, tourism also contributes to the fact that, you know, that sometimes sometimes it's genuine when they talk about uh, conservation of animals, but a lot of the times you can see it's a money grabbing, right? Yeah. And we're in Ethiopia and we're in a particular zoo mm. and the lion that we saw there was so mangy looking oh my and God. so sad. It looked Did like scar. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. That line looked exactly. And you know, there are some things uh, we we talk about it, right? I always whisper my valuable commentary to Ot while we're in the cinema, which probably makes him want to punch me, but he also enjoys it as well. <laughs> um, no, but there are some things that I don't mention because I actually want to say it on the podcast, and that was one of them. Yeah, it, it really does. It really did look like the malnourished lion there. And, and fun fact is that people say that when a lion eats a human being, uh-huh. a male lion, its mane falls off. So maybe Scar has done some really shady things in his past. Is that genuine or is that like a old wives' tale? Uh, when they're building the railway in Savannah, um, a lot of people got killed and a lot of lions lost their manes. So, uh, so it's more like merging the two facts yeah. together? Yeah. That's interesting. Yep. Try and find us a documentary or a movie and we can cover it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> don't say for your reference never taught you anything. <laughs> and don't say for your reference has taught you many things. <laughs> you can count it on one hand, guys. Hmm. <laughs> anything else you want to say about Scar? Uh, no, other than him being a stupid character, no. Well, he also wasn't uh, the pride, if you'll pardon the pun, of, you know, Pride Rock. Right? Yeah, it must really hurt. But he had little man complex and he no, fit that role quite no, well. No, it must really hurt because it all goes by lineage. His eldest brother, he should probably be ruling it. But it somehow skipped him and went to Mufasa just because he was stronger, which I guess makes sense in this grand scheme of things. Because you want to carry on those strong sperm genes. Yeah. So you can penetrate everyone. Mm. Right? Let's move on. Uh, next build is our best friend, John Oliver, voicing Zazu. Do you want to guess or do you even know who voiced Zazu in the original? No. Rowan Atkinson. Oh, wow. Right? Uh, Mr. Bean. Mr. (laughs) Zazu Beans. Oh, that's fun. Uh, I love John Oliver and I feel like we've peppered it throughout our podcast that we do love our unassuming uh, Breton. John Oliver. Um, And, you know, he constantly talks about drawing comparisons about how he has a beaky face, right? (laughs) And he is the Zazu I never realised I needed because I'm like, oh, he reminds me of someone. And there you go. Like that fit quite well. Yeah. I don't know. I like like John Oliver as well. But it just felt like he was just – he didn't feel like he was acting to me. It just felt like he was being himself. Maybe that's kudos to him. There's nothing wrong with that. Which There's nothing wrong with it. It's just – Came off as, oh, this jolly, but like just. Like, how much work is he putting in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he probably was just sitting in his bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> just spitting out the lines. John, but. John Oliver and Keegan Michael Key were the two people where, as soon as they were talking, I could actually imagine them in the studio recording it. Mm. <laughs> the way that John Oliver works himself up into a huff. I live for. Those are one of my favourite moments. Uh, let's talk about Sarabi, played by Afri Woodward. Woodard. Yeah. She yeah. is iconic in every sense and her voice is great too. Yeah, her voice is great, but Sarabi is also a crop queen, isn't she? Yeah, it's like if you don't want to leave the pride and you also don't want to submit, which it's 2019 and even for female lions we don't agree with, but there's a trade-off, right? And if we're talking about rudimentary primitive animals – you kind of need to follow the laws of the jungle. And it's like her people suffered. Yeah. And I kind of weird, well, you know, it being made into this all kind of realistic um, graphics and stuff, you kind of imagine like I had about two minds of this, watching this, because mm-hmm. somehow I felt like I was being pulled apart. I was being pulled away from the, the lions. The and it lions. became more like human politics. Not even. It felt more... Um, natural and more gets toward nature where I'd be like, oh, Mufasa would be probably be buying all the lionesses there. It's his duty to do so. Uh-huh. so. He wouldn't be tied to one lioness. And the fact that Scar took over and he was still asking for permission, again, consent matters, you know? Yes, thank That's- you, Oti. <laughs> yes, we love a progressive queen. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, it's so different from 
the nature of lions and and I guess that's just the whole point of the, all this. It just pulled me away a bit. It just pulled me away into the animal planetiness of it all, mm. um, based off what Lion King really was. Yeah, uh, much like James Earl Jones uh, with that authoritative sort of dad voice, um, Alfred E. Sarabi had a very authoritative mum voice. Yeah. Like the way she talks, she just, like you already know she knows that you messed up and you haven't yet. Yeah, but then again, when Scar was blaming Simba for Mufasa's death, everyone was like, what the hell did you do, Simba? Was anyone actually buying that? It seemed like they were for a second. It's a child's movie, though. It, it, we're not going to get into the complexities of adulthood <laughs> and, you know, people fucking you up. We're not talking about that. It's Lion King, dude. Yeah, it's Lion King. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, Keegan Michael Key, Eric Andre, we can just clump them together. They actually renamed, it was Ed and something else in the 1994 version. So they gave them more Africanish names. Are they Swahili? There's Kamari and Azizi. Mm. Are those Swahili? No? Um, I think Kamari might mean gumbling. I'm not sure what Azizi means. Okay. I think my Swahili is a bit rusty, but Kamari means gumbling. And I know Shenzi is stupid. So. Oh. Yeah. Azizi, a Shenzi person. <laughs> There's a soundbite right there. That doesn't some... make sense. But who else speaks Swahili that listens to us? <laughs> Nailing it. Oh, God. <laughs> well, the good thing is I don't think you've ever called me Shenzi, so <laughs> so good for us. Oh, I don't think you've had it, but. You probably use worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's let's talk about Shenzi. Uh, Florence Kasamba. Oh, her voice. Wow. And then we watch the behind the scenes where. She so, is intense. She is intense. So John Favreau, for most of the characters, um, mostly the hyenas, Simone and Pumbaa and uh, young Nala and Simba, would actually theatrically act it out like a play to rehearse for the first time. And then the second time they wouldn't have the script. And then they will go into the recording studio, which I think is quite nice because you've got muscle memory and it helps convey the emotions. You know, they probably listen to four-year reference because we're not monotone and there's highs and lows on this roller coaster. Mm. Oh, wow. Florence? Scary. Yeah, she is. She Even is. seeing her, it's like, she, she, like her voice personified everything that it needed to, but even just watching her move... And, you know, corral herself into that role. Wow. Yeah, she really did. Because um, we loved Whoopi. Yeah, we, we loved but Whoopi. It, but it's a I, different take. It's a bit more realistic as well. Yeah, Florence brought definitely herself into this and her personality into this. So it was really kind of, um, I feel like I prefer hers to Whoopi's though. Not sure I'm allowed to say that, but I do. Of course you're allowed. To. <laughs> uh, she's she's also uh, made features in Black Panther, Wonder Woman, and Captain America. Mm. Yeah, so hopefully you do have the staying power, and we can see you in much more substantial roles. Yeah, for sure. But what a woman! Wow. Oh wow! Uh, I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Do you know who we're going to next? Billy Eichner. Billy, slay, slay all the bitches. Wow. You better work it, Queen. He has like a theatre background. Oh, does he? Yes. I didn't know that. And even listening, uh, even watching and listening to this film, it was hard for me to even identify Billy Eichner when he's not talking really fast and throwing dollar bills at people. <laughs> <laughs> but I was living. I was living. He gave me life in this film. I think he he brought something different to the role. It was a bit play. It was played a bit more straight. Mm. Timon and Pumbaa were played a bit more straight, uh, more so Timon, mm -hmm. right? I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And um, you know, even in interviews, Billy Eichner and also Seth Rogen were talking about how, as much as they appreciated the 1994 Timon and Pumbaa, they wanted it to be a bit more conversational. And uh, he was Billy was actually surprised because a lot of the ad libs and a lot of the improv that they did actually made it into the film. Oh, really? One of the most notable ones is when uh, Pumbaa says "fart," mm. and Timon lets him do that. <laughs> so there are some meta references that are quite nice and they're delicious. Again, for us, not for the kids. I don't know what the kids get out of it. Yeah. 
aside from hearing fart. <laughs> Apparently, that's all it takes for, to make kids laugh nowadays. So you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which you know it, that that state of affairs we are not dipping into today. I really I saw it as soon as I heard Seth Rogen as Pumba. I'm like, yeah, he's got that 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 jousty sort of voice, and it really fit in quite well. Where he fell short in every underlying instance was his singing <laughs> oh man man oh man oh man oh man yeah that was oh wow because you know sometimes when you're sitting on the couch and you're watching all of those singing competitions and you delude yourself into thinking hey i singing's not that hard i can do it well this was proof that not everyone can be a singer my friends <laughs> or just rewind a few minutes back and, and listen yeah listen, listen. to us <laughs> Listen to us trying to sing it together, which is very sad. But yeah, then again, warthogs don't sound especially nice. They're, they're really groundy like sounding. They, little, they trot around. It's like they're wearing <laughs> heels. It's like little trotting. But oh, wow. Uh, Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner had such an undeniable chemistry though. Yeah. And I think it worked quite well because, um, you know, people make jokes um, about the fact that they were raising a single child like Simba together whether they were gay or not that has nothing to do with anything you can just is that people what yeah the same people that focus on the fact that all of the lionesses are fucking one dude like it's just okay dude are you really i don't know i feel like people like that are also the same sort of people that think that they're the most funny smartest wittiest people like do you really think you were the first person to think of that you didn't realize that in the laws of the jungle, this thing happened. Then again, you know, Walt Disney has had some really shady stuff in his <laughs> oh, <laughs> in yes. his in his cartoons. So probably for the adult um, audience. Was that but. to make us feel better or feel worse? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I don't know how to reconcile what I'm feeling right now, sir. I'm a gift, Let's continue. Mate. Let's continue. My point was before you took us on a real trip, um, was that Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen really exemplified what it's like to know each other for so many years, and you're just so comfortable with each other, mm. and you know the banter just rolls off your back, right? Yeah, it was nice. It was great, and I loved it. Um, apparently, according to Seth Rogen, um, Pharrell also produced um, a lot of the music. As well. Oh. Um, and apparently Pharrell pretty much just wanted to punch him in the face because he was so bad. Like he couldn't even hold one note. But again, Seth Rogen's also a comedian and Pharrell seems really nice. So I think he's just trying to amp it up for comedy. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> but again, we also heard you, Seth Rogen, and we love you and all of your stoner movies. But we also know there was some truth in your joke. <laughs> what an expansive cast. It really was. Like, um, how it all worked out at the end. Like, would you write this off as a success for Disney? Well, not financially. In terms of uplifting or making Lion King come to life in 2019. Because you use the word success, right? And that's a relative term. Because mm. obviously coming from a corporation. Yeah, they'll... They've made it's, a profit. Yeah. Of course it's a success. Leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um, I think you can appreciate or not appreciate this film and have it not tarnished 1994. Mm. Whether you want to um, allow it into your heart chambers is completely up to you. I enjoyed it, like I said. Um, I felt the same feels that I had as a child watching the cartoon version um, but then again, it might just be because I like animals and I really love seeing animals. Um, in our Titanic episode, we talked a bit about uh, a bit about this realism and about movies and how they get adapted, right? So listen to our Titanic episode, but essentially, essentially the qualm that I had with James Cameron's ad- adaptation was that it really centered around a love story and the events that led up to the sinking of the Titanic was fascinating in and of itself. Mm. But then you also interjected that, you know, it puts butts in seats. Yeah. 
that's how people get to the film because they have some something to anchor, <laughs> if you're part of the pun, to anchor their feelings to, mm-hmm. right? So I would say in the same sense with The Lion King, yes, you can talk about it's not your 1994 version, but also at the same time we're moving into a different age and if if that's not what you want, then that's fine. Don't consume it. True. But one thing that I could say I could take out away from this movie is the fact that I want to go back to Kenya. I want to go on a proper safari because it made me miss saying the wildlife so much. Yeah. So there's that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you're you're a bit more lucky than the rest of us because while, you know, me, I'll talk for myself – um, you know, Australian kids, we are on an island. So we're not even in Europe where we can just go to Paris for a school trip or anything. We literally just went, went from one outback to another outback, <laughs> right? Um, you know, but for you, you talked about going on school trips where you would have hippos being near where you would have your tents and stuff, right? Yeah. And that's that's amazing. And that would be such a great experience to have. It is. And it's just one of those things that you have to experience in your life. There's so much stuff to do out there in the world that you you could get confused by, like in Australia, we went to Taronga Zoo, which is a great, <laughs> but they have this do you section. Want me to set, do you want me to set the story up? Set the story up, okay. set the story up. <laughs> um, so without talking too much about our lives, because you probably don't care that much, um, Oti and I actually met in Kenya. So when... So when Oti finally came to Australia, hey, go, hey, um, I wanted to show, you know, when people come to your country for the first time, you want to take them to all of the hot spots and all the touristy sort of places. And we do have a zoo called Taronga Zoo, which is, you know, the pride of Sydney because you don't have to go far into the depths of the countryside. It's literally within Sydney, right? Mm. And just for context, in Kenya, even within Nairobi, the national city, there is also a reserve, um, Nairobi National Park, which you don't have to go far. It's literally right there. Yep. And you can drive for hectares and hectares. Like it's massive. Yep. You drive your way to work and you see elephants, you see lions, you see... Is it three out of the big five? I don't know. There's a, there's three a, out of the big yeah, five. Yeah, there's three out of the big five in Nairobi National Park. And you can drive for like half a day. Yep. And spend your time just looking at the actual animals in there. And, and they do so much about conservation as well, which we're really big on, right? Mm. Anyway, so just, just for context. So Oti finally makes his fine ass over to Down Under. Right. And I'm like, oh, babe, let's go to Tarong Zoo. You know, you'll love it. They even have like an African safari. You know, we'll have so much fun. It'll be a cute little date and we'll all have fun. Right. So we ended up going to Taronga Zoo and they have all different sections. They have like a seal show. They have a penguin show. Um, as soon as you walk in, there's like there's a giraffe enclosure. If they're tentative, that's not really the right word. But, yes, there's a giraffe enclosure. So you can see them as soon as you first walk in to Taronga Zoo. And we're looking at the map and it says African Safari. And we make our way there. Uh, for any of you fellow Aussies or any daring travelling people that have been to Sydney, namely Taronga Zoo, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. It's legitimately 200 metres and they have like two bongo, <laughs> like just a really sad, well-fed animals, but a really sad selection of an African safari. So you, I don't know, OT can definitely tell you, but you can just imagine coming from a rich country of you know just animals in abundance genuinely living their best natural lives coming over they had this really sad um possibly offensive looking structure with african (laughs) village with like some totem poles on it (laughs) i'm pretty sure i took a picture of you i don't know where it is now and you have only excitedly pointing at the african safari (laughs) and i I was making it authentic mate (laughs) and i i did not take any pictures once we finished that safari because (laughs) it was it was a really sad Probably not as sad as the zoo that we went to in Ethiopia. And now just to tether this back to Lion King, 
uh, since Jordan Peele doesn't know how to do that properly. Oh my. <laughs> John Favreau? <laughs> no. I'm talking in reference to us. Like, because uh, <laughs> the way they made this really does f- make you feel as if you're in Nate, you're watching something out of. Ah, uh, so you're saying this was so well done. Yeah. Gotcha. Got it. It was so well done and it made me feel nostalgic and I have no qualms with it in terms of its execution. How else would they do Lion King? Because I would not think of a possible way to do that if using this kind of graphics. Mm. On a general note, it's just something that I'm curious about. Um, you know, the opening credits, well, not opening credits, but the opening scene uh, with the Circle of Life was composed by Lebo M. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is a Zulu composer. Yep. But then you also have a lot of the names of the cast and also Hakuna Matata mm-hmm. um, being from the Swahili language, mm. which is mostly East Africa. Mm. Does that bother you? Because it's also done in uh, Black Panther as well. No, it doesn't. Like it's, it's, it's good to get our culture out there because little is known about Africa outside of suffering. So when, <laughs> when we get the best bits of our culture integrated into the Western world in such ways that people can resonate and maybe get curious about it, mm-hmm. then the better for it. Oh. I, I truly find it amusing because, like I said, then me seeing something that resonated with in Lion King got me interested in animations and stuff. So yeah. without that, then it's just weird. So it, it, It's a nice nod as well, yeah, I guess, in, it really in is. respect yeah. as well. Um, in saying that, without hijacking your beautiful sentiments, um, please don't ask me what the language is in Moana. Please stop asking me how Moana has shaped me as a person. Oh. I I, <laughs> I used to work with someone that kept asking me every day, have I watched Moana? Because it would resonate with you. You would understand it. Your hair is exactly like her. <laughs> I really think you should watch it. And it got to a point where I just had to lie. And eventually I did watch it, but I just, I just got to a point where I'm like, oh, yeah, I've watched it. Oh, it's so great. Oh, yeah, I understand the language. I don't. Because yeah. they use like three different languages. Mm. And it's like general Polynesia, so it, it's not specifically like Lion King and Black Panther. It's not pinpointed towards a specific nation. Yeah. You know what would have been good? I think they would have been better if they also brought Labor to do some kind of work in the current version. Because I think they hid some of the stuff he did in the end, towards the end of the credits. Mm. But I feel Suckle of Life is him. He's done it. He can do it again at a grander scale. Just give him the opportunity. Yeah, and maybe he does. Maybe that's work on us to go and have a look into what else he's gotten up to, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, they, they did get him involved, but some of the stuff that he did was after the movie had pretty much finished. And yeah. yeah. Oh, how are you feeling? You feeling good? Yeah, all, I, all, all lioned out. Yeah, right? And I, I don't have any experience on what it is to exercise, but I feel like we really got our heart rates up to a point and this was a nice little cool down. mm uh, conversation um, and maybe it's also sparked inspiration for you to go back to the African safari in Taronga Zoo. <laughs> I'd save my pennies and go on a proper safari. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know if, if Taronga Zoo want to give us a free trip we will be more than welcome to come there. Not even. Wow. Well I, I would like to. I would like to. <laughs> but you enjoyed seeing the Australian animals there. That, that was the most value you got out of it. Yeah, but then again, I have feelings about zoos. Yeah. It's just more for people to yeah. enjoy animals rather than what's best for the animals themselves. So yeah. uh, I'm not like, really that, would you, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of those. Like so. why would you have a panda all the way in Africa? Yeah. Or why would you have a giraffe all the way in Australia? Just like, doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. It's not Pablo Escobar's exotic farm. Well, the hippos are thriving there, so <laughs> right? <laughs> the hippos are thriving too much. <laughs> Jarul, Jarul didn't thrive there, but uh. that's for another day. <laughs> Let's finish off with for your reference. Oh, yeah, we've got some obvious ones, so you can do those, or you can add on to it. Oh yeah, so um, I'm gonna reference the 1994 Lion King. And Very all, cheeky of you. <laughs> like, it's it's just a must watch. And if anyone out there who's thinking that their first Lion King experience should be this version, please, I urge you, 
yeah, just watch the 1994 yeah. version. It's 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 just all you'd need. And if you didn't like the 2019, like let this wash out of your mouth mm. with the 1994 version. Yeah. And my second reference would be Kimba. Just yes. because of the history of how Lion King came to be and how everyone just started stealing everything and I don't know, whatever what they got into. Yeah. Kimba needs its... Uh, appreciation and especially in this modern day and age where we things come to the surface nice uh i will reference hamlet with my best friend ever eternal kenneth branner so make sure you check that out as well on twitter and instagram we are for your ref pod and you can write us an email on hello at thanks for sticking around guys if you want please leave us a rating and review on apple Podcasts so we can reach more people but we'll see you next week Thank you and see ya. Spirit!